All right then, everybody in podcast land out there, welcome to another Tank Nation podcast. So this is where we bring the outside in. And uh, our brother Sean Oliver, ex-resident here on the Polonsky Unit, was our uh, actually our pastor in our Protestant programs here for many years. So what is it? What is it like to go from the pen to the penthouse? All right. All the time. This thing, we used to live in an area that was no bigger than a bathroom with another human. You know. So what's the thought process? Everybody here was hustling yeah. before. And so what this show is about, 
so many of the guys I've already talked to you, some of the women about complications when people were released, but tonight I want to talk about a man who had a vision. I showed you a video at the beginning while he was talking about basically he went from prison to the penthouse. So Ali, give us your first few months. Uh, well, when I first got out, uh, the city of Houston was still devastated from Harvey, but the Astros just won their first World Series. So there was a high on that. Ace <laughs> <laughs> Town. But um, at first it was, it was uh, I was just like a newborn baby. You know, a lot of people thought I was a tourist. Like I came from another country or even another planet. And because uh, I was like taking pictures of everything and I was going everywhere and I didn't have a car. So I just went to Walmart and bought a bike. As a matter of fact, one of my friends one of my female friends who was married, who I went to school with, you know, told her husband, hey, this is my friend, just got out. You know, if we live for the Lord, we need to help him. They go to First Baptist. And she took me to Walmart, got me a bike, and I jumped on that bike. And I never felt more free because even on that bike, some people felt sorry for me. Oh, you're riding a bike. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm interacting with freedom with all five senses. I feel freedom on my face, I'm seeing it, I'm smelling, even though it's pollution, you know, I'm out here free. So it was kind of difficult, you know, adapting in some ways, but I was free and I was glad to be free. And, you know, just to be able to open my door, walk out and do whatever I wanted to do and uh, uh, explore freedom near downtown, uh, it, it was just a blessing. So when you and Mac were eating pizza, Earlier, what were y'all talking about again? Because I think they need to hear a piece of that conversation. I know we had a lot of yeah. fun. Oh, Mac was saying he was on a monitor. Yeah. And I was asking Mac, how did it feel like once you got that monitor off, and and you were saying that you know the first thing you did was take a bath. Yeah, first thing I did was take. I took me a bath because uh, man, it's it's funny, but I thought if if I submerged that 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 monitor in the water, yeah. I thought it was gonna go to trivia. You know, we don't we don't want the folks calling. Hey, what's wrong with that thing or anything like that? Yeah. So I was just taking showers. So I took yeah. me a bath. That was the first time I did. Just took me a bath. But uh, man, I wore that monitor for 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 a long time. And uh, and people would often ask me or tell me, Hey, well, you can't do too much on this monitor. You ain't gonna be able to do this. You ain't, you're not gonna be able to do this. And I say, I still got a plan. I still got some goals that I wrote yeah. down that that they got to be fulfilled. I got to go yeah. through with that. So. Um, I know one of one of my goals, one of my goals that I that I that I follow through is going to truck driving school. Yeah. Even I with went the to monitor. truck driving school with the monotone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. With the monotone. So it can be done. Yeah. You know, don't let nobody tell you, hey, you can't do this or you're not gonna be able to do this. Yeah. Don't listen to that. Yeah. Go through, follow through with what And you that's say what I was do. saying at the uh, pizza place is that some people get that monitor and even though they're free any little infraction they have with mm -hmm. the parole office, not showing up on time. Yeah. Every time they have an infraction, they use the monitor as their excuse. Oh, if I didn't have this monitor, I'd be doing this. If I didn't have that monitor, I'd be having a no, better job. But you didn't let that stop no, you. I didn't let it stop me because I had one. I had the curfew monitor. Yeah, I had a GPS. Yeah. I had the little GPS monitor, man, that go on there. But, uh, I mean, it, it, it's not, it's not, that's not a valid excuse. That's not yeah. a valid excuse. So let me jump in. For anybody who's maybe been locked up for a while, a monitor is another type of supervision. You make parole, but they have like curfew monitors, meaning yeah. 
you're free, but yeah. you have to be in the house at a certain time. Big Mac and me, we had GPS. That means yeah. you wear something on your hip, you wear something on your ankle, and you had to give a two-week schedule. Did you do one week? Yeah, I did. I did the two weeks. Okay, literally, two. literally, you have to give every day of the week where you're going to be. And they give you an out time when you can leave the house. They give you an in time when you can be in the house. Sure, and you right. cannot deviate from the schedule. Meaning, you can't you even, you can't even stop at the grocery store. You can't stop, you can't like, stop to get gas. Nothing. It's a GPS yeah. like you see in the movie. So that means the route that you take, that you wrote down, meaning from point A to point B, if you go to point C, like, well, okay, I'm going straight down Bel Air if you're from H-Town. But I said, man, I just need to pull over here. That's an infraction. So that's what they're talking yeah. about, about the monitors. Yeah. Come on. So I had a curfew monitor. And if you're on a curfew monitor, they'll work with you. Like, if you tell your parole officer if she wants you home on Monday at 7 p.m. And you're like, well, my job, I don't get out until 6.30. I don't know what traffic's going to be like, you know. And also, I have a parole class that day. And you just explain the details. And they'll be like, okay, on Monday, we'll let you... On Monday, I was coming home at 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's practically like full-blown yeah. freedom. Because but what's the, what's the key? Why did they work with you? They worked with me because my job, and on some days when I wasn't working, because when I first got out, I didn't have a job. Uh, I had certain parole classes, uh, mandatory classes, mm -hmm. uh, where I had to go like three times a week. At one point, it was five times a week. And some of those classes, I didn't leave till like 7 p.m. So, and I remember I was riding a bike, so it's not like I can get home in 10 minutes. It took me 30 minutes to get home on that bike. I was riding this bike sometimes 30 miles a day. Like, you couldn't tell me, like, I'm free. Like, I'm going to ride this bike all the way. Sometimes, like, I would race home because I was supposed to be home, like, on Friday at, like, uh, 7 p.m. And it might have been, like, 6.50. And, like, my, my uh, maps is telling me... 12 minutes to get home, yeah. but in 10 minutes, my, my curfew's up. So I'm riding a little faster than the app thinks I can ride on yeah. the maps. Yeah. And you know, I'm trying to make it home. And there's been times I was two or three minutes late, but what I didn't notice with my parole officer later uh, divulged to me is that there's like a five to 10 minute gap, like a grace period. So yeah. they're like, they, they know like you might not get home exactly at that time. Cause there was one time I was like five minutes late and I didn't get a call or nothing, you know. I, my friend was like like a race car driver trying to get me home, and I was five minutes late. How did, how did, how did you feel when you knew your freedom, perhaps, yeah. was based upon you getting home on time? How did you feel? Uh, I felt like in the beginning, I was even though I was free, and like I said, I want to backtrack, I did 23 years in prison. I went in when I was 17 years old. I got out when I was 40. So you have to understand, when I got out of prison, this was my first time being in the free society as an adult. I had never been in society as an adult. So I never had a car. I never pumped gas. I never had a bank account. I was a, a, a ghost. I had no credit score. I never had my own apartment, never been to a football game, never been to a basketball. There's so much in life I had never done. So when I got out, like I said, I was a newborn baby, you know, and I was riding this bike everywhere. And those times when I was late, and matter of fact, I was only out 10 days 
in Siri, which is a lady's voice on the maps on the phone, she tells you turn right, turn left. I ended up on the freeway on my bike and I was only out 10 days and I didn't know how I got on there. I was following the blue line on the map and I was trying to stay on the feeder yeah, yeah, and hit yeah. the next exit. See, we got you on the highway. Hey, <laughs> a, a cop was behind me. So a cop, look, a cop got behind me and put his sirens on. Yeah. And like, I just, done, you know? I just done 22 years and nine months yeah. and I'm getting pulled over on a bike, you know? <laughs> So I don't know if I told you this story. So he pulls me over, and he, at first I thought it was for a car. And I see him real close to me, and he's like on his speaker, get against the wall. So I get against the wall, put your hands up, and he started searching me. And like, you don't have any weapons? No, sir. He turned me around, and once I started talking to him with my hands behind my back, just like you do in prison, uh, He's like, what the hell are you doing on the freeway on a bike, you know? And I had two shopping bags going to my first parole class. Yeah. I had just left Marshalls because yeah. I'm trying to do everything I can do because I'm free, you know, exactly. within exactly. this window of curfew. Yeah. And I was on my way to my first parole class. I had to be there at like 6 p.m. Yeah. It was already like 5.30. And so I told him what I was doing. I said, sir, look. Uh, I, I was gone a long time, not two or three years, 23 years almost. I just got out. The whole city of Houston is different. There's football stadiums, like there's new uh, foot basketball stadiums downtown. There's a light rail train. None of that existed. And these phones didn't exist. When I went to prison, we had beepers, you know. So this lady, Siri, you know, told me, turn right, turn left. And I ended up on the freeway. I was just following the blue line. So he's like, the thing you did wrong is you have it on car option. You need to put it on bike option. And it would have never took you here. So then he was starting, like, he loosened up. He was okay. real cool. And he was like, hey, man, I'm not here to send you back to prison. And mind you, I was kind of scared. Like, because, like, once you've done that much time and now I'm getting pulled over on a bike. You know, so he's like, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put your bike in my car and drive you to the next exit. I said, well, now that you're delayed, you start getting taken to my parole class, you know, because <laughs> I'm going to be late, you yeah. know. I'm going to be late. Don't drive me out. Yeah, so... And then as he's putting my bike, he picked up my bike and was putting it in his car. People were rubbernecking, you know, because you don't see this every day. Yeah. And another car hit into another car. <laughs> so he had to stay on the scene. That's no lamp. Yeah. Yeah. So he had this, and I had a lot of funny scenes like this. Like when I first, like I was yeah. a newborn baby. Yeah. Like everybody yeah. knew something was wrong with me. Like, exactly. like man, where you come from, man? Like you never yeah. been to Starbucks? I was like, no. Then my best friend, one of the first places I went to eat was Chick-fil-A. And man, I'm looking at the huge menu. Like, I don't know what to order. And they're like, you never been to Chick-fil-A? I was like, no, I've never been to Chick-fil-A. You know, so like my eyes were wide open. You know, I was full of excitement. Yeah. Uh, some people say the glow of freedom. They could see that glow on my face. And they're like, are you from another country? Are you like a tourist? I'm, I'm born and raised in H-Town, man. But uh, some people I was forthcoming with. I just, 
man, I spent all my life in prison. I was a, a kid, you know. I was raised in prison, and I just got out a few days ago, and this is my first time exploring life as an adult, you know. So bear with me a little bit. And then when we go eat to restaurants, you know, they had that big candy thing. Yeah. I, like, get a whole handful and put it in my pocket. Because I didn't really have no money. Like, I got out with nothing, bro. But I did do a fundraiser. I had, like, $1,600. But I didn't have a car. I didn't have a bank account. I didn't have a credit score. Uh, I had a lot of obstacles, like, technological obstacles, like, learning how to use this smartphones that I had never used yeah. one. Some guys yeah. in there use them, they're not supposed to, but I had never, I didn't want to touch a phone in prison because I didn't want a, a stacked sentence or nothing. I wanted to get free and I'll wait to learn how to use the phone. Um, so I had to learn a lot of these things, how to pump gas. I had to learn how to go to the bank and open an account, you know? I had to learn how, how do I get a credit card? They're like, well, you don't qualify. You don't, you're not even on the map of uh, credit scores. You have a z below zero, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had to put a deposit down just to get a credit card. But this is all a part of functioning as a newly released individual thrown into freedom, trying to adapt, trying to find a way. But you know what? Like. Through all the adversity, obstacles, it was kind of fun. Because it's like, if I can make it through prison, if I can make yeah. it through lockdowns, Johnny Sachs, you know, uh, the stabbings, the riots, all the crazy stuff that was going on in the 90s. If I can make it through that, I can make it out here in the land of milk, flowing with milk and honey, opportunities, you know, jobs, you know, anything you want. Like, mm -hmm. you know, especially once you get a good credit score. That's very important. Right there, I'm yeah. stopping we're going to bring our lead back for another show right now, right now, because we're together. Ali, you gave us that build-up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Take us to right now what you're doing. Okay. So I got out November 30th, 2017. Took me about three or four months to get a job. And I was kind of arguing with some family members because they said I should get a job first, then a car. I was like, no, Houston is too spread out. I need a car. I have a job wanting to hire me if I have a car. So once I got that car, the very next day I got that construction yeah. job because they want me to go to house to house. They don't know where I'm going to be on any given day. Mm -hmm. So from there, I went to HVAC. Um, a family friend uh, showed some videos that I posted online. I was doing construction work, yeah. sledgehammers knocking concrete like I was like you know busting walls up in these houses that we yeah, were renovating so someone saw that video and they're like man this guy's a beast like uh man he works hard you know what I'm saying and being in the fields you know all the jobs I had in prison working for nothing for free yeah. on my hands and knees you know so they saw that drive in these videos I was posting you know and utilize social media and he's, he told my cousin hey Tell your cousin, like, if he wants to make more money, we'll hire him. If, if he comes and does an interview and he can work like that, because nobody in our company works like him, you know? So I went and got an interview, and they... Wake up, big man. And they, they, they hired me on the spot, and uh, they said, we're going to give you the same pay you're making, but we're going to give you, like, a little more. We'll give you $1 more. Like, it was $16. Okay. Once you prove yourself, earn yourself. So I went back to that shop. I was like a shop guy, an apprentice-slash-apprentice HVAC, and they told me, in getting in that 
we want you to go to HVAC school. So I was doing what you were doing. You were going to truck driving and you were working. I was going to HVAC class at HCC. Yeah. Even though I had two college degrees, I left prison with an associate's business administration, bachelor's right. in behavior science. They wanted me to still go to HVAC school. So I was only there a few weeks and they gave me another raise. Cause you know what I did? That whole entire shop, I reorganized the whole thing. I mean, from top to bottom, yeah. They had never, in 30 years, they told me this. Some of them guys have been there 30 years. They're original owners. It's a small HVAC company, like 20 guys. Commercial HVAC. And they're like, we've never seen this shop so organized, you know? But in prison, a lot of us, we cleaned ourselves. Yeah. And I, I know one of your sermons, you said, if you're faithful over little, God will make you faithful over much. If I can manage a roll of toilet paper, I can manage a bank account, you know? So if I can clean a tiny cell, then I can rearrange, clean, renovate this entire shop. It was a huge shop, too. Yeah. And they came back there, they gave me another dollar raise. I wasn't even there a few weeks because they had never, like, I put in work, like, my life depended on, you know, because I was hungry. Like, yeah. I, I spent 20-some years. And that was your first job? That was my second. That was your second job? Yeah, my first was home construction. And then that was your second working at the HVAC. HVAC, okay. So so you work like like you like you would be working for free. Yeah. But you but you making you making some money now. You yeah. Getting, okay. So in prison, I was beast mode working for free. That's what I'm saying. Building character. Exactly. Yeah. But it it really wasn't for free. No, no. It was for something, it was building something. But you just couldn't see it right then. Work ethic. You just yeah. couldn't see yeah. it right then. I couldn't see the fruit of my labor. But you had that mentality yeah. though. Yeah. Hey, let me go ahead and work. Now, how oh, many got me working for free? I ain't finna yeah. work for them. I'm no, gonna no, sit no. up on them. Oh, I got a monitor, man. I can't. I'm finna sit up on uh, uh, something Our like excuses. That. Same yeah. thing about the monitor. No, yeah. So Excuse when I got me. when I got that HVAC job, even the first job, so to be able to go from prison working for free to coming out, now like at the end of every week. I can see the fruit of my labor on a check or in my bank account every week. You know what I'm saying? You steal nothing for it. No, no, I didn't have to steal. Did you yeah. rob for it? No, I grind for it. How did you see yeah. it? Oh, Monday I grind. Oh, Tuesday I grind. <laughs> so yeah, and like, yeah. and then they had never hired an ex felon at that company. Never. Yeah, they just. Oh, you was the first. The first one. I broke them up. So they said like, if we could have ten of you. Like, man, our company, you know, do you know anybody else that has your drive, your ambition? And I was like, I, I don't want to vouch for someone because I don't know what they'll do. But I know you want me to get to my next job. So I stayed there for three years. And I went all the way up to 20 an hour, 21 an hour uh, in three years. And then during the pandemic, I had an idea. In early 2021, uh, I had an idea. I lived in the luxury apartments. And every time I went to the grocery store, people were lining up at the store on these little dots. They were only letting like 50 people in at a time. People were wearing masks. And I was like, man, I wish we had a vending machine in our apartments, you know, because I would go down there and use it. Like a Gatorade protein bar, Doritos, something, you know, uh, kind of like in like prison. Like a pit stop. Like a pit stop. Yeah. You ain't got to go all the way to the store. You can just. Or like in prison. Like it might not be my store day. But there's somebody on the wing that runs a store. 
So let me hit the store, dude. Even though I have money, yeah. I didn't buy enough cookies or I didn't buy enough coffee. I didn't I didn't budget like I did the toilet paper. Right. You know, so I need to go to the store, dude. So I was like, <laughs> I wish there was a vending machine here yeah. I could just go to conveniently, quickly. So they didn't have one. So I had an idea. I had already met some vending guys who their machine took my money and I called them. They're like, one day when you're ready, we'll train you. Like, you know, retired military couple. And uh so I acquired some money, you know, um, through day trading when the stock market was climbing and I had some money. So I came to my cousin, who's he's a developer in the apartment industry. And I came to him with this idea and I was like, if I get some vending machines, can I put them in this apartment as a test? And he was like, yeah, but you have to get your LLC which is, you know, limited liability company. Um, you have to file for that. You have to file for your EIN number, your federal number to do business with the government. And you have to get business insurance in case somebody tips the machine over or something and they get hurt. So I got all that. And then God lined it up with this married couple who's retired military. And they connected me with this individual in Dallas, a real estate agent. Real estate was booming. She had four brand new machines and what? Ah, business. <laughs> okay. So she had four brand new machines and exactly. I bought four from her. And she gave me half price because she just wanted to get rid of them. They were brand new in the box. She bought them for her son who wanted to play video games, early 20s. He didn't, he didn't have the hustle in them. She's like, I'm just paying storage every month. All the buildings are closed because of COVID and we were gonna put them in like big buildings, but we're just stuck with them. So she sold me the machines. Okay, so fast forward. I went from four machines to six machines. Once I got six machines and I seen, you know, other owners, other apartment complexes, only luxury apartments started finding out about me and they were like, we want, can you put one of your machines here? So I just gradually began to grow, you know, my business. And I had to turn in my two week notice because I started making more money with my commissary, my vending machines, than I was making at my job. So right. I had a hard decision to make. And so I turned in my two week notice. They gave me their blessing. So with my back against the wall, I went from six machines to nine machines, from nine to 12. and then, and within the span of like six or seven months, I was like, I'm all in now, because I don't have an employer, I don't have a 401k, I don't have that security of a check every week. Yeah. And then last year, which was my first full year of leaving, I went to 15 machines. So now I'm at 15 machines and 15 different luxury apartments. And it's basically, I'm running a commissary at each of these uh, luxury apartments. And the thing is, people pay for convenience out here. Uber Eats, people pay for people to deliver their groceries, people deliver their food, they want you know, to be catered to. So I seen a need, I seen a niche, I seen a demand, and I got these machines. And so I went from making 20 an hour, mm -hmm. so now if you average it out, uh, I'm making like triple now what I was making at my job, at 20 an hour, so I'm making like maybe 60 something an hour, 70, working for myself. I do all 15 machines. I do everything. I hit them like twice a week. And some people are like, uh, 
they come to my, they're like, are people using this machine? Because it's always full, you know? I was like, yeah, they're using it. I just come here sometimes at midnight and do it. One in the morning. Like, yeah. my phone notifies me when they're getting empty. So I want them to wake up in the morning and for them to be full, you know? But they don't know my backstory. They don't know, like, what I've been through, you know? They don't know my hunger. Like, how like how low I was. You know, like Drake said, started from the bottom, now I'm here. We Drake ain't got nothing on us. We was under the bottom of the bottom, you know? So... They don't really understand my drive when I move these machines, when 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 I when I uh, do more than is required of me, even as an owner, uh, to to do bring the best value to my customers, to build my business. To sometimes I bring pizza, donuts. I go the extra mile because I realize how far I've come. My source point was zero, and now I'm not my own business owner. I'm on my second apartment. I just bought my sixth car. I'm on my sixth car since I've been out. Because once you get your own business, sometimes you're like, okay, it ain't time to look fly no more. I went and got a hustle mobile because now it's time to grind. Right. So I traded in the cool, fancy, you know, uh, uh, Q50 Infinity. I traded in the Honda Hybrid. And I got a hustle mobile, Kia Sorento. And a used one. Just the hustle mobile. Yeah, hustle mobile. <laughs> like your first car. Yeah, uh, a straight up mobile, a rodeo, a okay. Isuzu rodeo. What Just year? imagine me fouling up yeah. in that boy. What year? Yeah. <laughs> it was 2003. Yeah. <laughs> no, 2002. But you said it was a 2002 Isuzu rodeo photo, uh, LS. It didn't even have, it, it wasn't even 100,000 miles on it. It's really a blessing, man, yeah. because I had to have. See, I was riding a bike. You too. I was riding a bike to work. Yeah, we, we were bike you know boys. I was riding a bike to yeah. work. You know what I'm saying? But it, it was Couldn't good. Couldn't tell us nothing. It was good. I need to exercise. Anyway. But no one was telling you. Uh, nah, nah. Wasn't nobody. You yeah, know, like, nobody where's your past? Yeah, nothing. Where's your laying? Yeah, nah, ain't no laying nothing. Yeah. I'm laying, laying <laughs> on the pedals. You know what I'm saying? But, but this woman gave me an opportunity to work at her, at her uh, it's called Pet Paul Pet Resort. She gave me the opportunity to work there, and uh, and she give you know she she give fellas she she like a second chance company. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She understands. She knows what's going on. So yeah. she like, well, you come here and work, and, and she most put me in my own section. And you were hungry too. I was I was I I needed to do what I need to do because yeah. I was set on I'm not going back to the way I was living. Yeah. I'm not going back to that old person. Yeah. I'm not. How much time I did you do? do? I did like 16 and some change. Almost yeah, 17 yeah. years. Yeah, they gave you something to think Damn. about. Yeah, gave me yeah. something to think about. That was my first first time being in trouble anyway. Yeah, yeah they banned me. I wasn't, I wasn't tripping. I needed that. And you were on the monitor for two years. I was on the monitor for two years, man. Longer than normal. So look at this. If, you're, if you're on a monitor, use him as motivation. Because I know guys that were on a monitor for only one year. Two one years. Year, one year, one year, and they was using them excuses. Hey, yeah. I ain't going to be able to do this. They yeah. say I ain't going to be there. Yeah. I'm not listening to that. Be free. In conclusion, we're going to bring these fellas back. Yeah. Y'all so I want to mention one thing. So one. When, when, one. When, I, when I first got out, remember I told yeah. you I had a zero credit score. I was Zero. It's called a ghost. And you built it up. It's called being a ghost. The first thing, as soon as you can, open a bank account. Get a credit card. Pay everything on time. Don't go over 30% on your credit limit and all that. 
So I went from a zero or, or below zero because I had never existed out here as an adult. Mm -hmm. So the other day I went and bought a brand new car, maybe a few days ago, and interest rates are high right now. I got approved in less than 10 minutes. I have a 780 score now. It took a lot of work to get it that high, no debt. And I got approved in less than 10 minutes and they gave me an APR of 3.99, which is really low right now. Five is good right now. So for me to get 3.999, and I even shared some of my story with the sales manager, and he, he was like, man, I'm proud of you, man. You know, I'm proud of you, like, for what you have done. And, you know, so there are people out here, despite monitors, despite limitations, despite technological difficulties and adapting to new technology, yeah. and even discrimination and people that might hate on you or drop salt because you've been down, there are a lot of people out here that will help you and give you a chance. Long as you do what you're supposed to do, do your part, you know, and then they will help you. We're going to bring them back once again. Definitely. Because uh, I ain't done, bro. <laughs> we got you. All right. Uh, wait, wait, no, no, no. What time is it? Tell me what. Yeah, it's 11.07. It's 11.07. And this is what we're doing on a Friday night. Late night. Right and I'm going to sleep. Yeah. So we're going to get back where? Yeah. Let's go. God is going to follow. We thank you for this night. We thank you for this fellowship, this friendship. We thank you that we can come from the walls of captivity and you brought us out like Daniel out of the lion's den. We just praise you for that, Lord. We thank you that we, we can use technology and cameras and to speak to the guys out on the in the on the inside. The and ones the ladies. That, and the ladies. Yes. The ones who still feel like they don't have any hope. They feel like uh, they might be there for the rest of their lives that they don't know like if they're ever gonna get out. We were in that same spot. We laid in the same bunks. You know that, Lord. We cried out to you. We fasted. We prayed. We asked you like, Lord, please give us a second chance. And you did. We thank you for that. We pray for everybody that's watching this, everyone uh, under the sound of our voices, that we pray this would impact them positively. We pray, Lord, that you would impart uh, a wisdom and vision in their hearts, Lord, that you would give them a vision so they would have purpose. We pray that they would utilize every educational tool available, that everything that they can maximize in the prison system that will benefit them and get them ready for society, we pray that they would use it, that they would use this video as an eye-opening ex experience, that they would use it to motivate them, to propel them, to inspire them. We pray that you would be with them, Lord. Give them hope in the hopeless place, the hope of your son, Jesus Christ. We pray that you would shine a light in their darkness, Lord, and just bless their lives, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Check me out, Oliver. Look, this is a, check out this hot pot, Big Mac. I see. All right. Remember the hot pots in prison? Bam. That's, that's your hot that's the hot pot right there? Yeah, this is my hot pot. You ain't gotta put it on the stove. You ain't gotta put it on no, the stove. Look, look up here, Oliver. Got my bikes. Matt, come here. You ain't got that bike. Hey, you, this is you, my you. business. This oh, that's where. Oh, that's where you sit. Brian, push through the mundane. Money never sleeps. That's right, nigga. Much, huh, man? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Hey, so the thing is, Big Mac, check this out. When yeah. I first got out, it was so quiet. Yeah. 
I couldn't sleep. It was too quiet. I was used to background noise in prison. Yeah. I brought all my stuff with me because I, I, I left from pre-release. Everybody was going home. Nobody wants contraband because they'll catch a case. So I just took the stuff with me as reminders. And I feel like if I do public speaking, I can take them as props with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And at night, it helps yeah. me sleep, the background noise. So check this out, Oliver. Bam. I know... I have a nice apartment, modern and everything. You wouldn't even know I did vending machines unless you opened up these closets. There's the chip section. Where's the light at? Oh, your chips. This the chip section. There's the chip section. You ain't got to pay for no storage. You got everything right here. Right here, I got the commissary. Who needs two for one? Three for one. I got you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This is the chip section. This is the bathroom. Look. Do something good today. Okay. Oh, what, what is this? What's this, Big Mac? <laughs> huh? That ain't, that's the service truck? <laughs> oh! Okay. I got them on my shelf, man. You got to support your brothers. So, this is the drink section. This is my logo. Hold on. Hangry in hell. Hangry hell. All my snacks. Hey, I ain't done, bro. What do we got here, Mac? What you got? What are no, these? No, man. What is that? What's this, man? You look like the old dude. Let me take a picture of these. What's that? Sean What's them? Let me see. What? What's that? What's them? Uh, oh, hold up. You're the truth, Hold on. I might, I might catch a case because I got Nike checks on my... Rhino. Oh no, man, no, you ain't oh, got no man, rhino. Oh man, I got the Nike check. They made me send them home. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> look. No, I had the white around the bottom of my. Hey man, come I on, did man. Too. Look. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have some stock in my kitchen. You really wouldn't know yeah. it. So this is the candy section. And oh, this is the soup section. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Look, what's this, Mac? Oh, man, get, hold on, man. <laughs> man, I'm, 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 I'm through, man. Hold on, let me take a picture of this. <laughs> hold on, turn that, turn that thing off. Come and send that to my homeboy. So I, I sell out. these soups. I sell these. I sell these. Hold on, let me see this. So this is one of my machines, one of my 15 machines, and it's where I live at. I live right upstairs. I service this machine every day. This one machine pays for my apartment every month. Hangry Health, in the building. Entrepreneur, small business, grind hard every day, never give up. Let's go. Make the most out of y'all's time. Make today count, make every day count. Maximize your resources. Let's go. Work hard, grind hard, never give up, put God first. Tank Nation Conversations. Promoting change through change. I'm Brian Collier, Executive Director of Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Blakinger. Uh, Dennis Martinez. I'm a world and U.S. skateboard champion. Hello, my name is Kevin Kempf, and I'm the Executive Director of the Correctional Leaders Association, and it's an honor. Gary Moore. Yeah, my name is uh, Hedemias Cooper. 
Uh, hello, I'm Michael Dutra. And this is Sharon Dutra. I'm David Gorin. I'm a, a radio producer for the BBC. I'm Maria Mogaronis. My purpose is to look out at each and every man in this room and see that there's hope for everybody in here. Oh, when I came to death row, all I knew was that I came here to die, but little did I know, I came here to live.